0: Well, good morning and welcome to Midday here on KRVN. Scott Foster in here with you as we uh, prepare you for the next couple hours as we take you through some of the things that are going on today. I'm joined by Jason Jorgensen, Clay Patton, and Bob Brogan as... uh, we deal with what was a frigid, almost frigid, maybe frigid's a strong word for yesterday, but it was chilly. I've it never wanted to run
1: the furnace in June until 2019.
0: It was, I was, I decided I was going to go sit outside. I had to go find a decently heavy coat to yes. do it in. It was crazy how cold it was. It's so
1: funny. I'm a procrastinator, so my wife and I tore down some electric fence on Saturday, you know, because June's the perfect time to do that when you should have done it six, seven months ago. Right. But, but anyway, we got the job done. That's all that's important. Thankfully, the day was cool, so I didn't sweat. That was... Mosquitoes okay. didn't like me as much.
0: Okay. And it was a good day to mow, so I guess that's true. What do you got for us today?
1: Give you a quick rundown of the farm team today. At 1219, Susan Littlefield's in. As the start of a long conversation, we're going to hear more than one segment on this, but she's talking with Land Lake CEO Beth Ford and getting her thoughts on the current state of the rural economy, how farmers are dealing with challenges that they're facing and what's going on there. Then at 1245, we turn it over to Dave Schroeder. He's talking with Mrs. Nebraska, who was in studios last week, so we're going to hear more about what she's up to and how that's benefiting those around and of the state. And at 117, it's all about the hemp. We've got Bryce Duskett, who's talking with state officials on now that the fact that they're now accepting applications for those that want to grow hemp. So we're getting an update of what you need to do and what you need to be ready. And he's talking with uh, the department director of course, Steve Wellman.
0: Alright, it be very interesting. Lots of opportunities for him to, to fulfill some things. I,
1: I believe there's going to be a ton of opportunities if we can get the infrastructure in place.
0: Alright, very good. Thanks, Clay. We turn it over to Jason. The, championship, the finals champion Series, sort of, for CWS. I mean it's best out of three. Best two out of three. Best two out of three.
2: For a long time they did a single game and then they moved to this format a while back, which I think makes sense. Yep. And uh who said you couldn't be a Big Ten baseball team and potentially win the national championship. Well, you know, we were saying all along this is a talented Michigan team, but they just couldn't quite put it together during the season. Wow, did they come together? They had a great start, then they swooned at the end. I mean, when you watch Nebraska eliminate them from the Big Ten tournament that day, your thoughts probably were, hey, that that team's going to turn around and play for the national <laughs> title. But that's what's happened with Michigan. Yeah. We'll hear how they have done it is tonight in Game 1. They will take on Vanderbilt. Also coming up in sports, some Husker recruiting news. They picked up a verbal commitment yesterday from a cornerback. Now we'll see if they can hang on to him or not. He is a native of Florida. Mm. At the time Nebraska's out recruited KU and East Carolina for him, but it sounds like he's one of those late bloomers that could blow up and potentially if the Florida schools like him, he might change his mind. But uh we'll see for now. He's a Husker. Nebraska had that uh big football camp over the weekend and they hope to get a few more verbal commits this week so all of that and a whole lot more is coming up in sports
0: a lot of hype about the hype video too that came yeah. out there, yeah. Yeah. all right very I good
2: winning any games
0: no it sure doesn't all right bob brogan's in what do you got for us today
3: stocks are trading mixed on wall street investors are looking ahead to a meeting between president donald trump and xi jinping later this week at the group of 20 summit in japan so that's a little bit on the horizon president trump Meanwhile, continuing efforts to pressure the U.S. central bank system, saying the stock markets and economic growth would be higher, if not for its actions. Of course, there's been kind of a back and forth there between President Trump and the U.S. central bank system.
0: All right, that's all coming up on Midday. Well, time for us to take a look at agriculture and how it's affecting or excuse me weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world i'm joined by paul perkins and uh, my goodness it got chilly yesterday
4: yes yeah, so a record cool daytime highs yesterday really? a lot of us soy into the 60s for daytime oh. highs yesterday but quite the different story for today we're already warmer than yesterday by a long shot uh and for once I can actually say wall-to-wall sunshine all across Nebraska and pretty much northern Kansas looking at the satellite photo, not seeing any clouds pop up for once on our satellite. And not even over, yeah, all of Kansas also cloud-free currently in northeast Colorado. So, Wow, well,
0: what a deal. And, it feels, <laughs> and it's going to feel like summer as yes. this week goes on. So yeah,
4: let's... summer kind of delayed by a week, it looks like here. Uh, about five days because summer, of course, officially arriving on Friday. By Wednesday, we're definitely going to feel some summer-like weather over the next few days. Uh, last night, uh, with those uh, rains that did move through, there was some heavy rain in west-central Nebraska in between Ogallala and North Platte. Right near the Paxton area, they had just over an inch of rain being reported there, but otherwise, our temperatures in the low and mid 70s across the area. Still some upper 60s on into the Nebraska Panhandle, but once again, lots of sunshine. That record cool day yesterday for the daytime highs, but temperatures today. A lot closer to seasonal, still below normal for this time of year. Some sunshine and mainly light westerly breezes helping to warm things up. Some clouds will filter in tonight in advance of a weak cold front. It's a very weak cold front because all it's going to do is basically turn our winds to the north. Temperature is actually going to be warmer tomorrow than what we're seeing for today in behind that front. Some seasonal temperatures on the way tomorrow with those northerly winds. Could see a few thunderstorms pop up by tomorrow afternoon and evening across eastern Nebraska and central and eastern Kansas When that front arrives during the peak heating of the day, Otherwise, the mainly dry weather for the upcoming week. Summer-like weather with slightly above normal temperatures, taking hold for Wednesday into the weekend. A ridge of high pressure will build across the plains, and just a slight chance of some thunderstorms on Wednesday night when we see a weak disturbance track out of the Rockies. Otherwise, those dry conditions holding on. In the long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas likely to be warmer than normal this weekend and the early half of next week. But temperatures will trend closer to seasonal by the 4th of July through the 7th. Kind of a switch on the forecast there, expecting previously some above-normal temperatures through at least the 4th. But once again, trending closer to seasonal by the middle of next week, the 4th of July through the 7th. Near normal to below normal rainfall is predicted for Nebraska and Kansas this weekend through early next week, but slightly above normal rainfall is indicated by the 4th through the 7th. You may have to dodge a few raindrops for your 4th of July celebrations. For the month of July, we do have that outlook. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures are expected to be just a shade cooler than normal with above normal rainfall. Weather factors affecting the markets include a pattern change In the Midwest, and a stressful heat wave for Western European wheat areas across the plains to the East Coast. Rainfall coverage will generally decrease as the week progresses, and during the mid to late week, near or above normal temperatures will cover much of the Central and Eastern U.S. The warmer and drier weather in the Midwest will favor crop development. Still, some concerns though about the impact of heavy rain and cold weather this past season on acreage loss and delayed planting and development. In the southern plains, severe storms damaged wheat this past weekend, with some fields sustaining major hail damage. The rain and high winds also unfavorable for mature wheat and wheat harvesting. Some drier and warmer weather this week and next week should help improve the conditions for harvest. And in Western Europe, the wheat areas expect a stressful heat wave this week. Temperatures nearly 20 degrees above normal expected to stress their wheat crop, which is now in the ripening stage
0: all right well a nice kind of summer pattern coming up here for a while yeah a lot of
4: people kind of aching for some drier conditions and it looks like uh, that will be on the way here for a few days and you know for the month of july they're staying above normal precipitation so it doesn't look like it's going to stay dry for too long
0: all right very good well thank you paul i appreciate it where do you go to check in on your weather sir
4: krvn.com
5: KRVN honors the memory of Trooper Jerry Smith, who was killed in the line of duty. He was a husband, a father, an Iraq War veteran, and a proud member of the Nebraska State Patrol. Thank you for your service, and here's to all of those who protect and serve.
4: Keeping a
6: pulse on the rural economy is vital for any sort of business,
4: but especially one that is a cooperative that serves many across the upper Midwest. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I had the opportunity to speak with Beth Port. She is the CEO of Lando Lakes. We talked about the rural economy and the effects it's having on agriculture.
7: Yeah, that's right. I mean, Lando Lakes is a food production and agribusiness. We are most well known for our butter business, our, and you know that started in 1921 with Upper Midwest Dairy Farmers um, starting a marketing co-op trying to get power on the channel and move their sweet cream butter into the market. In the east. But then they started an animal feed business, uh, more of a supply co-op, and then um, got into supplies and ag uh, goods. So now, uh, you know, we're a Fortune $215 billion uh, business in the ag and um, uh, food production area. You know, your comment about the rural economies and the the areas, you know, our members, we have about 4,000 members, you know, producers, local retailers, and growers. Um, Our members um, are live in these rural areas. They are associated or aligned with different farmers, or they are local retailers in towns that are in rural America. And as someone who grew up in Iowa myself, you know I'm from the Midwest and from the heartland. And so um, we see this most directly. I think our members see it very directly. Our um, our retailers, local retailers, see it very directly. And these challenges that are um, that have been. There for a while and that are really accelerating rural economies and you know my, my comments were aligned with what I've seen what concerns we've seen voiced by our members and um, what we would note is occurring in terms of this um, lack of investment in rural uh, communities which is so necessary for a vibrant strong um, economy not just for rural communities but I wanted to make the point you know, the success uh, and the security itself of, of the United States is tied to a vibrant rural community and a vibrant ag economy and not just um, the cities. While the cities are important, um, you know, the rural uh, communities are equally important.
4: So what have you seen when it comes to the attitude from those in the ag industry, especially considering the way the weather has been and the tariff issues, et cetera, weighing in on them?
7: Well, you know, I want to be clear, it's interesting. I don't know that people necessarily reach out and raise their hand to me and say I need help. Some do. But, you know, really more, I wanted to proactively say I admire so much their resilience, their focus on innovation, their optimism, their entrepreneurial spirit. And I wanted to call out the fact that they usually are pretty stoic about what their challenges are. Um, but we need to pay attention, uh, and I think that there is tremendous stress. It is uh, it has been a stress that has been building over a number of years, with um, real challenges in the farm economy and then in rural communities associated with those um, areas in the farm economy. But um, you know, what's so interesting about your comment there is I, you know, they it is very infrequent where somebody will raise their hand to me and say, "Gosh." I really, really need your help. And that's, I think, part of who they are, their constitution. They expect to do the hard work. They don't push back against the hard work. But in this instance, my observation is we need to pay attention to the fact that this kind of um, ongoing challenge has resulted in a hollowing out of some of these towns.
4: Comments with Lando Lakes CEO, Beth Ford. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network.
0: Time for us to take a look at sports. Jason Jorgensen in here. You know, there was a time, Jason, several years ago where they talked about moving the College World Series to somewhere else. I, I can't see that happening anymore. Omaha is just part of the CWS. They've done such a good job.
2: Certainly, they own it. Also, it wasn't that long ago that there were schools in the Big Ten saying they didn't want to try to compete with the model that was set up, that they'd never be able to compete nationally. And, right. Right. Mm, times change. Yeah, ask Michigan about that. The Wolverines and Vanderbilt will square off against one another in Game 1 of the best of three Signal U.S. Finals tonight. Been quite the run for Michigan, who of course struggled at the end of the regular season, but has caught fire in the postseason, and Coach Eric Backett says those struggles actually made the team tougher.
3: We're not here if we don't, if we're not staring down, uh, not even making the postseason a month ago, and seeing the difference in how we play, and we're not here if we don't get you know, knock to the ground and have those moments of adversity along the way with the Corvallis regional meltdown and then the super regional game too. It's just all of those experiences have just calloused our mind and have made us uh, a very resilient group.
2: Seems hard to believe that's the same team that Nebraska knocked out of the Big Ten tournament. The Wolverines are also just the seventh team not from the South or the West Coast who even make the CWS In the last 20 years, former NSAA executive director Jim Riley passed away this weekend at the age of 86 during his 25 years as executive director, ending with his retirement in 2001. The NSAA launched the girls basketball state tournament in 1977, girls cross country 1980, boys and girls soccer in 1988 and softball in 1993. Nebraska football landed its first verbal commitment in a while. As yesterday, official visitor Tamon Lynham committed following his official visit. The 6'2", 165-pounder picked the Huskers over the likes of KU, East Carolina, and others. He is considered to be a three-star corner by 24-7 sports. He also is the fourth commitment for Nebraska's 2020 class. In Major League Baseball, the Yankees will try to hit a home run in their 27th straight game, which would match the Major League record set by Alex Rodriguez, Rafael Palmeiro, and the 2002 Texas Rangers. New York extended its streak yesterday when D.J. LeMay, who connected in a loss to Houston, the Bronx Bombers take aim against Toronto right-hander Aaron Sanchez in the series opener at Yankee Stadium. And how about the Los Angeles Dodgers after six straight wins? They now lead the NOS by 13 games. The Dodgers have won six straight divisional championships, although last year required a one-game playoff. They are threatening to run away with this year's title. They own the best record in baseball, and they're in the middle of another midseason surge. Over the weekend, and Scott, this surprises me, they had three straight walk-off wins against the Rockies, and that's the first time that's ever happened in Major League history. I, I would have thought that would have happened before. Yeah,
0: that's true. Wow. what a, They are really, really a good team this year, my
2: goodness. A lot of talent, all headed in the right direction, although all the wins in the regular season don't do you a whole lot of good. If you can't come through yeah. in October or November, but uh, we'll see. be that's, interesting. Yeah, that's Check of Sports. For more, find it time at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. All right, thank you, Jason.
0: Time for us to take a look at news as Bob Brogan joins us. And Bob, my goodness, what a goofy, uh, scary, strange thing that took place in the loop trial today.
3: What unfolded in the courtroom in Wilbur today, nobody could have predicted. The uh, Sidney Loof murder trial took an unexpected turn today when Aubrey Trail had an outburst in the middle of the courtroom. Reports from the courthouse indicate Trail cut his throat during the outburst. Trail is apparently unconscious, and uh, it's a very bloody scene. According to a 1011 reporter at the courthouse, Trail shouted, Bailey is innocent, and I curse you all. Bailey Boswell is Trails' co-defendant in the case. The judge immediately made the media turn off recording devices. Everyone was was dismissed after that. A first aid kit was was grabbed, and a stretcher went into the courtroom, according to a 10-11 reporter on the scene. And there is an ambulance outside the courthouse. It is unclear what Trail used to cut himself. There is some speculation it may have been some kind of a pen or something like that, but... Right now, uh, no details on that. There will likely be updates on this developing story today. A former Lincoln police officer has been convicted of a sexual assault that occurred while he was still on the force. Lancaster County District Court records say a jury found 56-year-old Gregory Cody guilty on Friday. His sentencing is set for August 29th. Investigators say Cody used his position of authority to coerce and force a 30-year-old mentally ill woman into sex dozens of times for more than a year. The woman told investigators most of the assaults occurred while Cody was on duty and that they began in 2016 after Cody released her rather than take her into emergency protective custody. She told investigators that Cody told her she would owe him. Governor Pete Ricketts today, along with Director Jim Macy, head of the newly created Nebraska uh, Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy, celebrated the merger of the Nebraska Department of Environmental Quality and the Nebraska Energy Office. Following the passage of LB302, the two agencies are merging into the new Department of of Environment and Energy, effective July 1st. Rickett says the merger will make state government services more efficient, effective, and customer-focused. Jim Macy has served as the director of the Nebraska Department of Environmental Quality for the past four years, and he has led the Nebraska Energy Office for Several months as acting director, the event was held at a construction site in the Fallbrook area of Lincoln, which will be the new location for the DEE in about a year. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Dave Schroeder on
8: the Rural Radio Network and I had the privilege of visiting with Adair Reese of Grant, Nebraska. And Adair was just crowned Mrs. Nebraska. And congratulations, Adair. Tell me a little bit about uh, what got you interested in uh, being involved with uh, Mrs. Nebraska.
9: Well, I appreciate it, Dave. I'm, I'm excited to be here on KRVN. Uh, what initially got me uh, excited about Mrs. Nebraska was actually my mom. Um, I'm a goal driven person, as I think a lot of fellow Nebraskans are and I was trying to stay healthy, trying to be in shape, kind of called and talked to her, and I said, hey, you know, I really want to, I need a goal, I need something to strive for, and I had actually kind of looked into some, like the, the bodybuilding competitions, and I was like, I don't know that that's what I want to do, but it's health related, I think, and she goes, have you ever thought about Mrs. Nebraska? And the words out of my mouth were, absolutely not. Mm-mm. I said, no, I bet they are catty and egotistical women that are worried about their looks, and I don't want to do that. Um, I was completely wrong. I got to looking into it. I spoke to the uh, Jennifer Bradley. She was the director at the time and said, you know what? Tell me more about this. She explained that it's a group of amazing women. I've competed with veterans. I've competed with cancer survivors. I've competed with um, MS survivors. There's a plethora, nurses, doctors, ESL teachers, there's an amazing group of women that compete in this, and they do it because they're so passionate about a personal cause or a personal experience. And you know, one of my, my biggest personal causes and personal experience is ADHD awareness that, you know, I am blessed with as long as my son.
8: Let's back up a little bit. Uh, you competed, but you didn't. You mentioned you competed a couple of times.
9: I did. So I didn't just do the first time. The first time was amazing. Um, I will definitely say I had no idea what I was getting myself into, which was probably a good thing. As everybody wonders, yep, there is swimsuit. I said, I, I, nothing scares me anymore. I've been on stage in a swimsuit and heels and been judged. So I don't think there's too much that can scare me. But then I did. I, I won my fourth time. Uh, every time was different, every time I learned a lesson, I've always had the, the view that you know when when God's ready for you to, to de- go down a different path, that will happen. So I was blessed on April 6th with a new path.
8: This is Nebraska yes. when you were crowned. Let's back up and t- tell us a little bit more about your background.
9: Uh, born and raised in Nebraska, that's one of the big things I didn't realize is to run for Mrs. Nebraska, you don't even have to be born here. You obviously have to live here, um, but you don't have to be born here. Uh, gr- grew up in Grand Island till I was 10. Uh, my parents moved me to Shelton, Nebraska, right between Kearney and Grand Island. I graduated high school at Shelton, and then I continued on with some college education from Southeast Community College at Milford. I actually graduated with an automotive distribution graduate there, uh, moved to... Out west, I, we lived in Colorado for just a short time and married my husband in 2003, and we've got a couple couple kiddos, and we live in Grant, Nebraska now, where I'm the Perkins County Health Services Foundation Administrator.
8: There is a little bit of recruitment going on for next year's yes. Mrs. Nebraska pageant in 2020. So tell me a little bit more about the uh, qualifications uh, for, for Mrs. Mrs. Nebraska.
9: For Mrs. Nebraska, it's really hard. You have to be over 18, and you have to be married. That's it. That's that is that is the basis of our qualifications. Uh, you do not have to have a platform. That's just kind of an added bonus. It gives you something to be to kind of talk about, and that's that's really it. I, you know, contacting our director Deanna Hayes out of Lincoln. But it, it's an amazing experience. I would love to see more Western Nebraska women competing. And by what I say Western, I mean West of Lincoln. Um, that was one of my number one things with competing too. Was when I started looking at the former's. We weren't represented as well as we should be. I mean, you we've got Lincoln and Omaha that really were strong and represented out there. But having people from Omaha say, was out west? It was like, everything's out. What do you mean? I mean, Lexington's a phenomenal community. I'm headed up to Broken Bow later. You know, you've got Ogallala that has Lake McConaughey, you know, Alliance, Scottsbluff, Shadron. We have so many amazing places that I think get forgot about.
8: There is also another category mm-hmm. called Miss Nebraska for America.
9: Yes, so the Miss Nebraska for America is new. Uh, this is gonna be their first year. We have Kara out of Lincoln that is uh, representing us this year. It is for divorced, it's for widowed and single women that would like to you know, make the same impact that we are with misses. I think they kind of saw um, a gap of, hey, you know, just because you're not married doesn't mean you don't have a voice and don't have something to say. And so it was a great platform to kind of bring up those women.
8: What else do you uh, like about being Mrs. Nebraska?
9: I would say I'm obviously slightly social, so that helps. I like to get out and meet everybody. And it's also expanded my knowledge of Nebraska. Just getting to, I mean, I've been up to Broken Bow, I've been to Lexington, but you definitely get integrated a different way into, into Nebraska and get to meet new people and that's probably one of the best parts is just getting to enjoy and share everybody else's stories. Um, I try and do a Facebook live every once in a while and really spotlight other women. I think, you know, if you've got a platform, there's, it's, you know, it's worthless if you're not bringing people up with you.
8: We've been visiting with Adair Reese of Grant. She's Mrs. Nebraska. And I'm Dave Schroeder on the rural radio network. (laughs)
0: Time for us to take a look at uh, stocks and see what's going on in the financial world. And for uh, the overnights across the world, the Japanese Nikkei was uh, up 27 points. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong up 39. The FTSE in London also up. They were up 9 points. And the DAX index, the only outlier in that group, was down pretty big, sixty. Five points here in the United States. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is uh, up 24 points, but the Nasdaq down 15, and the S and P is down two. And we're joined by Bob Brogan as uh, stocks a little mixed today. Bob,
3: stocks are mixed as gains for technology companies are being offset by losses in healthcare and other sectors. Western Digital rose in early trading, while Bristol Myers Squibb fell. Caesars rose 14 percent. After Eldorado Resorts said it would buy the casino operator, small company stocks fell, while bond prices rose, sending yields lower. The price of oil fell slightly. Also, investors are looking ahead to a meeting between President Donald Trump and Xi Jinping later this week at the Group of 20 Summit in Japan. Other things happening. The... Um, Walgreens is making it easier for customers to dispose of unused drugs safely. The uh, drugstore chain saying today that at each of its more than 9,500 U.S. locations, it will offer packets that customers can use to turn medications into a useless gel before throwing them in the trash at home. Maybe another possible solution to a problem that many Americans have. Eldorado Resorts is buying Caesars in a cash and stock deal valued at $17.3 billion, creating a casino giant. President Donald Trump, meanwhile, continuing efforts to pressure the U.S. central bank system, saying the stock markets and economic growth would be higher if not for its actions. Mr. Trump says the Federal Reserve doesn't know what it's doing and raised interest rates too quickly. The Fed, at its last meeting, kept its benchmark rate in a range of Two and a quarter to two and a half percent but hinted at uh, future cuts all elsewhere the average uh, US price of regular gas dropped 11 cents per gallon over the past two weeks to two dollars three two dollars and seventy three cents but there are some indications out there that possibly there's uh, because of some things happening with the trade situation and also with the Federal Reserve that uh, gas prices may slowly start rising once again. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that. We're all consumers, and we're all interested in what happens to gas prices.
0: All right, very good. As you mentioned, Bristol-Myers Squibb, the big loser right now, down seven points. Cortiva and Tyson Foods actually the big gainers right now.
10: Over the past 18 years, KRVN, The River, and Cami have given away some pretty incredible vehicles, and this year will be no exception. We're also honoring our Nebraska Strong this summer, so follow us to special Nebraska events, fairs, festivals and concerts all summer long, and register for your chance to win a brand new 2018 Ram 4x4 pickup. This metallic black truck has a custom Dodge Bulge hood. Being Nebraska Strong, we would like to encourage you to continue with relief efforts to our friends, neighbors, and family across the state by making Donations through the Nebraska Bankers Association. Helping us bring the Ram to your town is Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, Colorado Land Tire Group, Lexington Regional Health Center, and Cornerstone Bank (member FDIC). With 42 locations serving Nebraska, head over to the Fun and Games page at KRVN.com to find out when the Ram will be in your area. Register and you could be bringing
5: it home. Growing hemp legally. I'm Bryce Dusky reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Hemp has become a buzzword in the agriculture community. Industrial hemp.
6: Hemp. Industrial hemp.
5: I think from an agronomic standpoint,
6: it will be very attractive.
5: Soon, it could be cultivated in fields across Nebraska. Hemp is a strain of the cannabis plant species that is grown specifically for the industrial uses of derived products. Hemp is one of the fastest growing plants and was one of the first plants to be spun into usable fiber more than 10,000 years ago. Today, it can be refined into a variety of commercial products, including paper, textiles, clothing, biodegradable plastics, and paint. Nebraska state officials are now accepting applications for those who want to grow hemp legally in the state. The Nebraska Department of Agriculture made the announcement on Friday, about a month after lawmakers and Governor Pete Ricketts agreed to legalize the crop and regulate how it's grown and processed. But the crop can only be grown for research purposes right now. Nebraska Department of Agriculture Director Steve Wellman explains that his agency has the oversight role.
6: So the Nebraska Department of Agriculture has has regulatory authority over the industrial hemp program in Nebraska. The 2018 Farm Bill did make some changes in and allow for industrial hemp growth uh, across the U.S. Unfortunately, the rules and regs for the 2018 Farm Bill aren't in place yet so any production in 2019 and will be conducted under the 2014 farm bill which dictates that it will be a research project
5: only producers interested in growing the product must now complete an application
6: from the department of agriculture standpoint we are taking applications for for hemp production in nebraska uh it will contain a the application will contain uh description of the research that will be conducted, and then we will implement the program according to LB 657 and the other Nebraska statutes that uh, impact this area.
5: Wellman spent most of last week in Washington, D.C., leading a Nebraska delegation in conversations with lawmakers and agriculture officials. The state and hopeful hemp growers now wait for the federal government to implement the 2018 Farm Bill. Wellman says that could take some time.
6: We had some discussions on that. I mean, the the, right, the rules of right for hemp production are still taking place. There are multiple steps that they have to go through. Um, I wouldn't. I, I don't expect anything that would
5: uh, until prior to the 2020 planting season. As for producer interest in hemp, says there have been several phone calls into the Department of Agriculture. So
6: we'll see how many applications we get, and and the applications really so to to be clear to grow hemp in Nebraska you do need a license to cultivate hemp in Nebraska so uh, that's what these applications are are for and we'll we'll select them according to Nebraska
5: statute those applications are now available online at nda.nebraska.gov/hemp in order to qualify for a licensing agreement to cultivate hemp, applicants must be 18 years or of age or older, submit a criminal background check, and complete and submit the application. Now, there is a $100 application fee and, if selected, a site registration fee. Applications must be received by this Friday, that's June 28th, by 5 p.m. From the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I'm Bryce Duskett reporting.
1: Joined with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, as we take a look at the closing grains today, we're starting out the week on a positive foot and higher, most notably though in that wheat market. Is this, uh, as we anxiously await the latest in winter wheat harvest in the Crop Progress Report this afternoon? Uh,
11: that, that's part of it. I really think it's more, it's more to do with Europe and Russia. It's really dry right now over in, in, uh, In Europe. So if you're watching, like, the Women's World Cup in France, you're going to notice the heat's really high, uh, these next couple of days. So that, that's stressing some things out. And then over in, uh, in Russia, obviously some dryness in the southern part of the country. So, you know, just a little jitters. That's what happens this time of the year. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not bullish wheat for the next four or five sessions here. I was kind of waiting to, uh, to get past the weekend, so to speak, to, to jump in and be long for that story. But, uh, it looks like it's moving a little bit without me so far. Uh, corn, obviously, is going to be the, the, Kind of collar trade. It's it's very paired to wheat at this point. Um, so the thought would be with with KC specifically, even with hard hard red uh, yields coming in, very good from what I've heard so far. Um, it's going to be needed with corn rationing taking place and some of the feed rations moving over to wheat.
1: Then, as we see coming out the rest of this week, we've got USDA as well first notice day. So this could be a really volatile week of trade.
11: Oh, it's huge. I mean, probably one of the bigger weeks of the year. I don't be hyperbolic on that. You've got Starting tonight, I mean, these crop progress reports every week is going to be bullish, uh, or bull. I'm sorry, it's going to be volatile. You're going to see the market move on whatever they're saying as far as the conditions go. And th- this will be the first one we get for beans. and Then, of course, the the corn, the third conditions report. Um, and then Thursday we get oh, a pretty big pig report. If you got livestock traders out there, quarterly pigs. Friday um, we'll have the G20 starting, and that's in Japan. So it's really Thursday night bleeding into Friday, and then of course the the weekend will probably get some results of that. Uh and then the the report coming out at eleven o'clock Central Time on Friday will be planning updates, stocks and um, I guess we'll have weather conditions as well. So there's there's a lot going on, uh not to mention the WASD report that's two weeks later. So as I've mentioned before, these next five days or these next two weeks you're gonna have a, a USDA kind of quasi USDA report every four sessions or so. So there's going to be a lot for guys like us to talk about, and if you like to trade volatility, this is your huckleberry uh, It's going to be provided here. Uh, corn today wasn't wild. Beans really kind of in a very orderly fashion. Um, you know, if wheat's going to go up, I think that's going to help push corn. Uh, we are seeing the livestock markets like feeder cattle just fall out of bed, and that tells me that the markets are concerned. So uh, I, I think corn sees the highs here, probably after the report, whether we can get through it or not, you know, just depending on how tight that green stock's number is. But uh, the end of the month tends to be a good time to buy as we go into delivery and it'll be interesting to see if we get a kind of a propel after that happens.
1: John Payne, Daniels Ag Marketing, Chicago. This is the Rural Radio Network.
10: You're listening to Midday with Scott Foster here on KRBN,
0: And that will do it for our Midday program today. Thank you so much, for listening in. If you would like to hear the entire Midday Program, you can hear it on our podcast on krvn.com,
3: Facebook, Twitter, our app, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.